Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we're going to be talking about Jojo Rabbit by director Taika Waititi. Yes, this was a, I feel, a very different movie um, from Taika's usual work. Um, But not too far off, but still. Yeah, I think that uh, from what I've seen of Taika, um, this was definitely a a more feeling like that movie he made, um, The Hunt for the Wilder People, um, which was, uh, had a more serious, uh, side to it. So that's, that's what I would kind of relate it to in terms of not just comedy, but also, um, kind of heartfelt seriousness, you know? Okay. Um, for the wilder people. Yes. And I would say that uh, him as a director, you know, I think personally, I love this movie. I was laughing so much and I really enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, I thought it was a little slow at times and with the, uh, because I, I'm and I'm probably going to be comparing it mostly to the stuff that I've seen, which is what we do in the shadows, the movie and the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Thor. Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are the only ones I've seen of him. Both very hilarious, uh, very comedic, very uh, <laughs> parody. Um, so that's mostly what I'm going to be comparing it to. Um, of course, I... I just I just saw this movie on Sunday, so I'm so I'm still like I just saw it the other day. Yeah. So I'm I'm still kind of putting my thoughts together. Um, I I did like it. It just it just the the funniness with the seriousness kind of threw me off a little. Mm-hmm. J- just a little bit though. I I did enjoy it. And I really do enjoy these characters. His characters kind of remind me of like Wes Anderson. They kind of have their own quirks. That's what and, I've seen this compared to. Yeah, and they have, uh, and and this story kind of seems like something, something Wes like, like with the very beautiful, like these costumes were so beautiful and mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. quirky and ornate, which are like just like Wes Anderson's films. Yeah, um, and uh, and again, some really great characters. Like like individually, I really enjoyed them. I kind of wish maybe. They all had some more time. Like, I really enjoyed Jojo and uh, the girl in the wall. What was her name? Uh, Elsa? Elsa. Elsa, yes. Um, but I kind of wanted to see more of, like, what ScarJo was doing. And, like... Yeah, totally. And, uh, what Sam Rockwell was doing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like because these characters had such great personalities that I feel like they just kind of got swept to the side and we didn't get to see too much of them. 
Yes, it was just about JoJo. Yes. Yes. Which, he's still very great. This kid, this kid was fantastic. Him and his other little oh, friend. Oh, yes. What was his name? Uh, what was his name? Yorkie. Yes, Yorkie. Oh my God. Yorkie. Okay, so, so like, t- totally highlighted this movie, Archie Yates, who plays Yorkie. That kid is so funny. His delivery of his lines just were gold. Golden. <laughs> Matter of golden. a fact, just like, you know, just the golden. stuff that this kid would say was like, <laughs> like when he came out in his Nazi uniform with Jojo and, and Jojo was like wearing that electric thing, the box thing, and, and he comes up to him and goes, oh, you're a Nazi now. And then he's like, yeah, they've been making all the kids Nazis these days. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> he just was so silly. Like, the stuff that would come out of his mouth was just like, I guess it's the way it is, you know? And it's just great performance by him. Yeah, he had he had such adult lines, and I really enjoyed that about this movie, where it was like, you had all these very young kids yes. who should not be going to, like, military camps and learning how to kill people. They should be out being kids, but you get, like, this very... You, you see the silliness of it all, like, seeing all this very grown-up, adult, serious things happening through these child's eyes. Like, yes. it's... And then it just makes it so much more preposterous. And I mean, having having uh, whole the whole Nazi Germany be the background of it is is even better because it just what the propaganda that was coming out about mm-hmm. Jews at this time were just preposterous and ridiculous. Yeah, and and it only makes sense to have kids be um, like you know, making it seem like they're just running away with their imaginations and just coming up with stuff because that's what happened. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. And it's a perfect uh, view. Uh, That's why I liked it so much because seeing this absolutely incredibly uh, horrific um, war happen um, and Holocaust happen through a child's eyes um, is the same kind of situation. I mean, watching somebody who's from the the indoctrinated side which we don't see a lot in movies uh like seeing a a a kid who has the uh as Stephen Merchant says blind fanaticism of you know the the Nazi party it kind of like allows us to change with the child and like change with Jojo as he as he develops his relationship with the hidden Jew in the walls you know and it's like it's really quite incredible and it's a difficult movie to pull off and I personally think that uh, Taika did an amazing job and yeah, it's got, uh, yeah, it was interesting that the the jokes were mingled with such seriousness. Um, Obviously, spoilers if you haven't realized that already, but um, especially when his mother, uh, Scarlett Johansson, like when Rosie dies, I mean, you're really like crushed and and held to the same feeling as Jojo does and him trying to stay stay positive and stay strong for his mom and then it just it's so horrible yeah because I mean he hasn't seen his dad in who knows how long and you know he's just he's just home alone with this with this girl who may or may not be killed soon because of just all this craziness that's happening around him um, Emily, I gotta get the door really quick, so just stay recorded. I'm gonna pause. Okay. Oh my god, I 
and cut this out. Sorry. Okay. Continue. And, uh, let's see. Yeah, and so with all this craziness happening around him and just, you know, just... And it still seemed like there was a lot of movie left even after Rosie had died. Mm-hmm. Like, he had, like... Did she did she die like a like a day or two before you know the Americans invaded or yeah like, it seemed that way it seemed like it was like a couple days before or actually no now that I think about it he did spend some time trying to gather up remember he was like he was going hungry so then he had to go find yes. food so I feel like some some time had passed until the Americans came yeah like a lot of time passed with this movie I mean he's. He's going off to his camp in the very beginning, and then he blows himself up with a with a grenade. Yeah, and then you know he kind of has to recover for you know probably like a probably a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean he almost like blew his leg off, and mm-hmm. and his face had to get all like mended. Mm-hmm. So it, um, and then he was volunteering at that at that place at uh, Captain Klenzendorf. <laughs> <laughs> was in charge of yeah and, and and i just really wanted to see more of sam rockwell because we were yes. uncovering stuff about him and i, I just know. thought he was amazing oh my like, god he was so funny and so it actually ended up being a good guy like on like his side you know like on jojo's side in the end and and just like the yeah, like, the craziness of him, like, being like, oh, look at this awesome outfit that I made. Hopefully they can do it for me. And it's like, he, it was like all the rejects that he was working with, you know? Right. And then, uh, and then it kind of gets uncovered that him and, uh, him and Alfie Allen yes. were probably a thing. Yes. They were, <laughs> they were so cute. <laughs> Which was, again, like, a reason for them to rebel, you know, because, like, right. obviously in the Nazi uh, party, they, they, they prosecuted gay people as well. Um, yeah. And so, like, maybe that's a reason why they just kind of stuck in the shadows, too. Right. And then the way, uh, the way Sam Rockwell uh, sacrifices himself at the yes, very end to, which I s- to save Jojo. Oh, so emotional. <sighs> yeah, it was it was really throwing me around. Like like it was it was so funny and then it was like so sad. Like I just I yeah. I didn't really like these drastic changes <laughs> in emotion. I liked like, it. <laughs> I liked it too, but I just I wanted it to be more consistent. Like yeah. it just because it was really throwing tone, me around. Because the tone the, was hard for you to grasp. The tone, the tone was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's talk about let's talk about Tyka's character. This uh, this uh, yes. imaginary friend that is uh, Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Um, so uh, he was he was a very interesting like three sixty because he kind of turned into. I mean, he was always Adolf. So, uh, you knew, but you know, the way that he kind of like turned on Jojo and was, and was like, uh, was like an obstacle that he had to get past at the very end was very intense. Like I never, I never thought I would see Taika like that. Yeah. He <laughs> like, became rather scary. Angry. Yeah. Yes. And 
I I thought that that was a very good representation of how Jojo started to feel differently about the Nazis because obviously he was very pro-Nazi in the very beginning, you know, with his blind fanaticism. And then as the movie progresses, then he gets closer to Elsa and then the, um, the Gestapo come into his house and his mom is killed. Um, he completely turns the other cheek and, you know, I think his, his, uh, imaginary friend in the form of Adolf Hitler is gonna reflect the reviews of Adolf Hitler. So, like, clearly he's got kind of, like, a, a warring inside of his brain. Like, Jojo is thinking to himself, but I'm a Nazi, but I'm not a Nazi because I can't think these things that Nazis think, you know? Yeah, and probably in a way, like, his, his, yeah, his inner turmoil was manifesting as, like, angry Adolf, like, you know, pick a side, like, you know, you're obviously a Nazi, so kill, so kill Elsa, but, you know, don't, and then, like, how he reacted when Rosie died afterwards, like, he, he was like, you know, Rosie died partly because of Elsa living in his wall, Mm -hmm. so he, like, tried to stab her after that, it was... Well, yeah. Well, he was upset. It was sad. I mean, he, he was, was very upset. He was just really upset. I mean, obviously his mom died, so he was going to be feeling a lot and he was probably going to want to direct his anger somewhere. Yeah, and since he really wasn't, I mean, he knew that his, I mean, by finding Elsa, he knew that his mom was going against the Nazi party and harboring uh, the Jew in the wall, and and that was already bad. Like, he already knew that that was bad. Um, and yeah, and just, he just didn't know how to direct his anger, and it was, it was very, it was very sad to watch. I really, I really did enjoy the little scenes between Jojo and, and Elsa, uh, with them kind of, like, mm-hmm. getting to know each other. She, even she was kind of scary at the beginning, when he first finds her Oh, in the yeah. Wall, yeah. And she, like, comes out, and she, like, threatens him she with threatens his own knife. Him. and yeah. It was pretty scary. It's, yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting move, you know, because you think that she's going to be super sweet and nice, you know, but she's, like, really you know, trying to scare her like, own Like, you know, butt. like, please don't. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, like, for her, she really, she took a risk and, you know, she, she knew that this young boy could easily turn her in. And uh, so, yeah, she's she's also struggling with choices and decisions and it is also, like, trying to live in the walls, you know, and it's just a, it, I, yeah, like, the characters in this movie were very, very beautiful, um, and I really did like Elsa, and I liked how Jojo had a crush on her, and then he got the butterflies in his stomach, and we, we, like, got to see that visually in a very Wes Anderson moment. Very Wes Anderson, like, it was, it was very interesting. I also thought it was interesting that Elsa, you know, when, when, when Jojo was first talking with her about, you know, uh, making his book, the Yoo-Hoo, <laughs> yes, Yoo-Hoo book, yes. um, that is like a, a book talking about, you know, everything, everything about the Jewish kind, their horns, their wings, mm-hmm. they hang from the ceiling like bats when they sleep, um, I was surprised that she was going along with it. It was very comical, and, you know, he was like, yeah. like, oh, where are your horns? And she's like, oh, they're not grown in yet. You don't get them till you're 21. And she's just, like, going along with it. And I was like, well, shouldn't you be showing him that you don't have these ridiculous traits? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I think she was trying to eventually, I mean, like, her long game eventually worked out by turning JoJo 
into thinking that she was a good person and not just because like maybe she did sleep on the ceiling but that doesn't mean she's a bad person you know like i think i think that's the idea um in bringing jojo over to her side um and he's so young and he's so sweet yeah and it's that even if even if someone doesn't look like you or or has horns or sleeps from the ceiling as long as they're a good person that doesn't mean you should you should punish them for it. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that the humor for me was pretty spot on in terms of uh, just just the jokes that they made. There were a lot of puns. There was a lot of, like, um, saying Hail Hitler like a million times, which got hilarious. Um, you yeah, know, very, like, slapstick almost. Very slapstick, uh, yeah. You know, you could see where Taika was getting a lot of this humor from, and it's just, like, you know, if anywhere from Charlie Chaplin to, like, you know, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. It's like, it's like anywhere between there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Let's see. Oh, I also really enjoyed, uh, the, the music. Um, I don't, I really only remember the song that they play, like, in the very beginning. Oh, yeah, the Beatles, like, the Beatles. Uh, ver- the German Beatles. German version. Yes. Yeah. And then there also German- was Heroes what by... What the very end? Uh, Heroes oh. by uh, uh, David Bowie in German as well. At the very oh. end. Okay. Okay, so that one. Uh-huh. Oh. I thought it was a different song. I must have not been paying that much attention. Um, There was a lot of German songs. Like, pop songs from... The 60s and 70s, but, like, German. Right. Yeah. Which was hilarious. I also really liked uh, Rebel Wilson. I thought she was really funny. Yeah, when they when they first go to the camp and, you know, they're saying, oh, you know, boys, we'll, we'll, use, we'll learn how to use guns and bombs and explosives and, you know, uh, camouflage and you know all the all the cool stuff and then yeah and then women will learn the the girls will learn how to mend and uh make bandages and sew uniforms and have kids yeah (laughs) she's like i've had 18 kids for germany yeah she was (laughs) (laughs) oh my god she was so funny like just all her little parts that she had like even you know uh later in the office when she's, like, raising her hand, like, oh, I have an idea, and Sam Rockwell's like, like, oh, anyone got any, anyone got any ideas? Anyone? Anyone? She's like, oh, 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 <laughs> yeah. just, she's like, we need somebody so to, funny. to walk the clones, they seem to be, uh, malfunctioning, and it's yeah, like, why all, were there so many? There was, like, all these kids, <laughs> and they're all the same kid, and they're just, like, yeah. they're, like, running into walls, and, like, one of them's lifting their arm up and down, like, it has nothing else to do, it's, it was just so silly. <laughs> It's such a silly joke. It was joke. so silly. It felt like, I don't know, it felt like an episode of Family Guy where you just have, like, random yeah. little, like, <laughs> yes. side side jokes and, like, side things happening. That's why and then I it, like goes it so much. It was... And then it, like, goes back to the story. Yeah. It was, so, it was, like, throwing me off, man. It was throwing me off. I thought it was so funny. Um, it was so funny. It was so funny. I also really love Scarlett Johansson. And I loved her relationship with her son and just talking about their, their, like, Jojo's sister that was gone. And then, you know, her, his, she was so kooky. She was, like, 
really like matter of fact and funny and made Jojo look at, at all the harsh things around him and you know just I loved the the trope of of seeing her shoes and like noticing that that was his mom and then when Jojo finds her hanging uh we just see the shoes and it's like it's an incredibly impactful moment because we didn't expect it and we didn't expect because we've been noticing her shoes the whole movie that that's who's hanging there you know yeah you know we've just been seeing her shoes like dancing and having a good time and being alive and then out of nowhere we see them quite the opposite yeah and uh yeah it's just like so heavy and sad and then yeah you're right it's like mingled with that humor that's so like laugh out loud hilarious humor you know and I I I just think it it was I mean did you think it was like successful like um satire I mean we did explain that since it seemed like it was all preposterous um that there that's an aspect of a satire Yeah I mean I would definitely say it was successful um it I mean it's definitely I mean I feel like it's uncovering you know stuff that we've seen before like regarding Nazi Germany and this whole, the whole Holocaust and everything. Um, you know, it kind of just regards like similar messages of, you know, like don't trust propaganda. Like it, I don't know. I, and I, th I thought it was a really funny, a funny take on it. I just, I don't know. I'm so, I'm just still trying to figure it out. <laughs> I'm just really trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people say that this was like a very good thing to come out today. Um, and I think it, I think it would because it's like, you know, satires can be, they're in the context of what our, our climate is today. So I think it's just trying to highlight a lot of the pretty preposterous things that we hear and see every day in our life and how they're the same things that were happening, you know, 80 years ago, uh, you know, are happening again. It's kind of like, this is insane. What are you, you know, why are we even paying attention to something this blasphemous or taking any of this uh, blasphemy seriously, you know? Um, right, exactly. It, it's always about, like, listening and really listening to somebody and thinking, are we really, like, living in a place where, like, this is as preposterous as it, as it seems, you know? Yeah. And that's why... And that's why I enjoy when, you know, artists and directors and uh, producers are able to revisit these stories because like they're, they're, it's definitely stuff that should never be forgotten it it should be sadly it should be reminded that you know this happened we really should not let this happen again mm -hmm. and it's and it's ridiculous so i i definitely agree that this was a great a great movie to release at this time in this climate um it just it it really just the humor threw me off it just it was so it was it was hard for me to have a consistent like mindset while watching it yeah i just feel yeah yeah 
I'm, I've been really kind of upset with how people have responded to this without seeing the movie. I think, like, a lot of people on social media are like, this is Nazi propaganda. Blah, blah, blah. Like, this is pro-Nazi. And it's like... How is it... How is a pro Nazi? I honestly they made, of, they made fun of Nazis the entire time. It's trolling. Like I swear to God, like people are just trolling this movie really hard because of the subject matter, and because it's not a serious movie about Nazis. I mean, every movie is a serious movie about Nazis, unless you're going back to like Charlie Chaplin playing Adolf Hitler. You know, like I think that because it's a it is a serious movie, but it's not a drama. You know, it's like, it's it's half drama, half comedy. It's a satire, you know? And so, like, I think because it's different and the attention that it's getting, it, it it's not pro-Nazi. It's anti-Nazi. Like, everything about it. <laughs> like, that's the movie. Yeah, that, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And please don't go throwing out your opinion of a movie before even seeing it. <laughs> yeah, just, like, don't do that. Like go see the movie first, and then and then make your decisions afterwards. I mean, goodness gracious, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> I was not getting was not getting anything pro Nazi from this. Yeah, it no. was yeah, it was completely satire, and 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 even though I I couldn't I didn't feel like I could have a consistent mindset throughout the movie. I thought it was a I thought it was a breath of fresh air in terms of Nazi movies because it, I agree that when it comes to Nazi Germany and the Holocaust, a lot of stuff is just very serious and very bloody and gory and terrible and just and just very devastating. Um, and this, like you know, much with much with comedians being able to you know make fun of things that are terrible with dark humor in a great way that shows, you know, the ridiculousness in things. It's a very it's a very effective way of showing how stupid something can be. Mhm. Yeah. So I so I agree that this is definitely this is definitely fresh. It's a it's a it's a breath of fresh air <laughs> in this uh in this burning country. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> sorry, the air quality's been pretty bad over here because of the fires. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's, I, I'm really sorry that you've had to, had to deal with that, that horrible fire situation in California right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not fun. No. It's, uh, quite sad. Let's look at these, uh, let's look at these plot keywords down here. Yeah. All right, so let's see. We've got... We've got black comedy, year 1945, unwanted nickname, okay, 10-year-old, Nazi Germany. All right. What is this, uh... That sounds about right. Yeah, I'd say. Terminator Dark Fate is also under the black comedy? (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Uh, Breaking Bad. Interesting. All right. I'm just looking at, oh, The Boys. <laughs> the the Amazon show. <laughs> yep, that's definitely... Interesting. Well, right. they've got some pretty good trivia in here. So, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to read uh, the first one. When Taika Waititi, who is Maori slash Jewish, was asked about why he chose to play the role of Adolf Hitler, he said, the answer simple. What better fuck you to the guy? (laughs) 
Oh, man, I love Taika. Yeah. It's so amazing. He also said, uh, Taika Waititi described the film as a love letter to his mother and single parents everywhere. It wasn't until I was grown up and had kids of my own that I realized, oh, these parent people, they make a lot of sacrifices. It's really hard raising a kid. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I also like the one just above that. Uh, Taika discovered in his research that World War II Germany was very bright, vibrant and fashionable and was interested in shying away from traditional war films, showing it as dreary and dark instead, presenting the town as a seemingly celebratory place and dressing characters as stylishly as possible. Mm-hmm. He liked the idea that everything seems happy, but just underneath the surface. The Third, the third Reich is crumbling, and you know, the dream is over. Totally. I love Scarlett Johansson's outfits. Oh my gosh, that black dress with, like, the red, like, uh like swirls on the shoulders and on the and on the chest oh my gosh and her beautiful like uh cardigan with her fun like hat with a feather in it i mean it was so cute yeah i really liked her character a lot i just wish i just wish we got more of her i wanted to like i wanted to spend a day watching what she was doing like going out and yeah and she, was she was in like the, she was in the resistance you know so i think that yeah she was passing out those papers and mm-hmm. like burning them at the end of the night and uh and i don't know probably probably like getting people together who, who all felt the same way so she was definitely a traitor and it's just it's too bad too bad what happened to her uh it says the screenplay for jojo rabbit was written back in 2011 and it puts it between uh boy and what we do in the shadows his other movies what is what is boy it's it's another taika movie i gotta watch more taika movies oh yeah i'm gonna watch this uh hunt for the wilder people i also saw uh, eagle versus shark that was one Ooh, of okay. that's one of his older movies with Jermaine uh, in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like really young in it too. He's like twenty. It's like crazy. Jermaine? <laughs> yeah, Jermaine Clement. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Let's see what other trivia we got here. I uh, I mean, there's just a bunch of stuff about the cinematic the marvel cinematic universe even though it really doesn't have anything to do with it yeah that was a stretch i just read <laughs> all of it. these are there's like a bunch of them um yeah what is this scarlett johansson and sam rockwell both starred in iron man 2 okay yeah like Great. other people are in movies together i feel like that's not like necessarily a trivia what that's <laughs> not a trivia let's see uh, yeah Oh, okay. Well, wh- whatever. The the comparison to Korg, who's also handing out revolutionary leaflets yeah. in Thor Ragnarok. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, all right, Let's well, see. I'm going to look at the all meta right, score the here. Did, did, wait, did you find one to read? Nah, nah, it's fine. Okay, let's go to let's go to my score. So I saw this movie, and I saw this like one of the, like one of the first showings of this movie, I think, um, because it came out early for us in New York and in Los Angeles. So I got to see the movie like, I mean, eighth of November. It says it's when it's released. It's 
the 4th of November when we're recording this, so I don't know when you guys are going to be able to see this if you're not listening from New York or Los Angeles, but I saw this movie like two weeks ago, so... (laughs) Yeah, you saw it so quick. I had to wait like a week and a half before I could even see it. Yeah. I don't know, man. For some reason, I was just like, I was gunning for it, and I saw three uh, indie movies all in the same week, and I feel like that's the the most I've ever done, like, as a film watcher, is see three indie movies straight. But, um, anyway, very excited to see this early, I guess earlier than other people. But, uh, so I saw the movie, and I was like, oh, god, that was so good. I really love this movie. It's definitely getting nominated for an Oscar. I just can feel it in my bones. And I looked at the damn Metascore. What is the Metascore, Emily? It's a, it's a 58, but if you reverse it, it's an 85. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what I think it should have gotten personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know why it's so low. I I don't know either. I I didn't think it deserved a 58. I mean, I really just thought it was kind of slow, but I, I, I did enjoy it. This just, like, honestly makes me question how I feel about movies. Like, am, am I not a good critic of movies? Like, can I not trust myself? Like, this got a 58, Emily. That is low. Like, this movie was not bad. This was a good movie. Like, I don't understand why. I know. If, if, I'd, if I'd seen this Metascore, <sighs> I wouldn't have gone to see the movie. I, I'm so sad. Like... That this is what it has come to because I just, I'm just questioning my own, like, sanity. Like, am I a good film critic? Like, not that I am a critic, but, like, we talk about movies a lot, Emily. Like, we see so many movies. Does that not make us at least, like, versed in some kind of what is a good and bad movie? Um... I mean, I definitely don't want to put us at the level of of critics, but I want to say that that we know we know a we know a good movie from like a bad movie. Yeah, like, I want to like I want to say that. I mean, we know when a screenplay is bad. We know when acting is bad. We know when a story is like missing stuff. Like I feel like we got we got the essentials. I I mean, these are all such such striking. Striking Metascores, including the zero from Slant Magazine that says... I saw that. Watiti that's, that's is incapable of dealing with the twin horrors of oppression and indoctrination behind cheap seats, sentimentality, and joke-making. Excuse I mean, me? Since when... Since when is a satire, like, cheap and just joke-making? This is, like, these... I feel like this... This had purpose. It had purpose by beyond the jokes. I mean, it. What? What is more blasphemous and satire worthy and joke worthy than fucking Nazi Germany? Like, uh, well, it, to to your point, Screen International gave it a forty. It says Jojo Rabbit doesn't lack for ambition or sincerity or purpose, which only makes it more disappointing that the film proves to be so meager. Rather than being bracing or dangerous, this comedy ends up feeling a little too safe, a little too scattered, and a little too inconsequential. 
I mean, it did feel a little scattered to me, a little bit. But not inconsequential. His mother gets killed. Yeah, I... I definitely do not think it deserved a 58. I think it at least deserved, like, a 70. Yeah. I agree. Because, like, this... Because the screenplay was great. The acting was great. Like, the, the story overall was... It was a very great story with... With some great messages, like, and some great, like, like, these characters really had chemistry, like, yeah, and it was, and it was very wonderfully shot, and the costumes were fantastic, so, like, I don't, like, this was, this was, this was a well-done movie, I, it, so, yeah, I'm just as confused as you, I don't know why I got a 58. Maybe because Slant Magazine gave it a zero, because they don't understand satire. I don't understand, I don't even want to click on that, it's gonna make me upset. Then just then just don't leave it leave it. All right, let's 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 read something. Let's read something. Uh, let's let's read the ninety one from uh, Entertainment Weekly. Uh, Watiti finds such strange, sweet humor in his storytelling that the movie somehow maintains its ballast. Ballast. Yeah. Ba- ba- ballast. Yeah. Ballast. I think it's ballast. <laughs> ballast. That's a good word. What does that mean? Even when the tone inevitably. And it feels necessarily shifts. Yeah, because okay, I mean, that's nice. That was nice, and you know, it it all can't be just a just a roses and daisies in in Nazi Germany. Like you know, some bad shit had to happen. It's not. It it, it like it's funny at first, and then it gets more serious at the end. That's what I expected. It's it's like, I mean, shit's going down. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I probably expected just just more funniness and maybe less seriousness. But you know, I, I, I liked the seriousness. I I liked the funniness. I liked the seriousness. Like, yeah, it was. It seemed a little chaotic at times, but I still think it it pulled it together by the end. Like, it was still, like, it's not like this wasn't a watchable movie. Like mm-hmm. this, like like this this was a good movie. Yeah. What else we got here? Let's see. I like the, uh, the IndieWire for 50. It says, uh, yes, Watiti's sugary fantasy unearths an endearing quality in the most unlikely places, but in the process, it buries the awful truth. Did it? I mean, maybe... Maybe they just wanted it to be, like, more serious? Like, I mean, I felt like some... Some... Some pretty bad stuff happened. I mean, maybe, maybe he could have pressed that a bit more. Yeah. Like. Okay, but, okay, but let's think about this. We're watching this movie from the perspective of 2019, where we know exactly what happened in the, in the Nazis. Like, we know exactly what the Nazis did. We know exactly what happened in World War II. Like, we don't need reminding. It's clear. We, so, so when we have that kind of, like, when we're looking back on this stuff, we don't need to see the horrors of the Holocaust. We just need one of the characters to talk about it, Elsa, whose parents were taken away, and she talks about it. Her her parents died, and they, came, they went to a place no one comes back from. Like, this is from the perspective of a 10-year-old. Like, what he is seeing in his, in his life, his perspective living in Germany. You know? Yeah. And that would... And and it makes sense that it wasn't so dark and dreary because, again, you're seeing this through the eyes of a 10-year-old and he is... 
and he is blindly fascinated with the Nazi party and, you know, war in general. Like, that, us talking about it made me think of um, that scene from the last, maybe the last or the one before, uh, Indy, where he's talking with the kid mm-hmm. on the train. Mm-hmm. And the kid's like, like, my dad fought in the war and got a medal. I'm gonna get one, too. Like, you know, it's very fantasized. It's very... Yeah. Like, like, and it's very brainwashing like you know the glory and the mm-hmm. and the victories and the and the medals and the praise and yeah. everything of that could come from war like is just is just only what the propaganda feeds to the kids and is only what they're seeing like it's so it like it makes sense that it was it was still dark in its own way but not as dark because again like it kind of has to be seen like what what do you say like through through rose-colored lenses or something, like... Yeah. Something like that. Like, it's still... Like, it had to be livable. Like, this kid still needed to not be having panic attacks. And, Mm -hmm. like... If that makes any sense. But... It couldn't just be dark and dreary. A ten-year-old was going through this. It had to be playful in some way. Well, I think that... That's the tone that Taika wanted it to go in, and that's the style of comedy that he, like, that's the satire he wanted it to be. So, you know, it's, I think that this movie was really great, and um, I think people should go see it. I think it's a great movie, and I really hope it's nominated for uh, Best Picture. I hope it's nominated as well. Um, And let us know... Were we done? I was going to close out. Oh, yeah. I have nothing more to say. <laughs> it was a great movie. Definitely go see it if you have a chance. Uh, oh, the is the tagline an anti-hate satire? Mm-hmm. Jojo Rabbit? Mm-hmm. Is that what that is? That's funny. Uh, the war on arts. hate. Yeah. All right. So if you, if you, uh, if you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, please try and go see it. It was it was a joy, um, and uh, if you have seen it, let us know down in the comments. You can leave a comment about the movie on a uh, SoundCloud or Facebook. Just search "All by the Popcorn" uh, and like our pages. Uh, if you have any suggestions for future episodes, you can email us. Our emails are all by the popcorn podcast at gmail dot com or all by the popcorn at gmail dot com. And if you need notifications on future episodes of, like, when we release the newest episode, you can follow our uh, various social media. We've got Twitter, at ByThePopcorn, and Instagram, at AllByThePopcornPodcast. And uh, go ahead and like those pages. Nice. Uh, we also have merch. We want to bring up merch. <laughs> yeah, we have some merch on our Red Bubble, which I'll link to. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.